No, I know. We've been, we, I know we're late, everyone. It's because we've been talking about We're like two... Uh, we're talking about our Noom weight loss. And it's not even Noom weight loss day. We're just talking about how both of us have lost quite a bit of weight in the last few weeks. Why is it that, Rachel said this to me, and why is it that men lose weight quicker? What is it about that? I've always had, like, it's been easy for me when I've tried to lose weight. Same with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, anyway. because you know the answer. Women, you know, women gain weight or hold weight, and they're not pigs. We're pigs. Just stop being a pig, and you lose weight. <laughs> that's right. Seriously. That, no, that's, it's true. You know, Delise watches her weight, and she talks about it, and, oh, yeah. you know, she she doesn't sit down and eat half a jar of, uh, <laughs> no, I'm... you know, sweet and salty uh, bridge mix or, or uh, whatever that party mix thing is I eat. No, I, or the M&M's I have three nights out of five. You know, it's so, the reason I'm laughing is it's so true. Like, Rachel <clears throat> always eats like this. You know, like, yeah. I, like the joke has always been like, because uh, I never think I'm going to get enough. Like, the portion isn't mm-hmm. big enough for me. And I used to say that to her. Are you going to give me like a regular man-sized portion? And it's like a regular portion, but it's not a Howard portion, you know? <laughs> oh, and I, that's so the key through this learning. Oh, yeah. Por- learning the portion thing. And, you know, anytime I've gained weight, I eat in the, you know, I tell myself, get up, put my plate right in the dishwasher. Yeah. Even if I want more. Because you always want more, whether you need more or not. But Delise said the other day, oh, I'm up 0.6 pounds. And I said, oh, you've gained like one-third of your body weight in one day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm surprised the scale can even register her tiny elf-like figure. Um, all right. Uh, welcome, everyone. Big show today. Uh, we're going to have a couple of people on from a group you may have heard of. They're, like, they're really an interesting sort of cover band, but it's a group that's been together for a while. And um, they're called the Dwayne Gretzky's. The Dwayne Gretzky's or just Dwayne Gretzky? Just Dwayne Gretzky. Just Dwayne Gretzky. Like, you know, bare naked ladies, not the bare naked ladies. It's funny. I always got that. I always screwed that up. I always called them the bare naked ladies. Yeah, I think they gave up on that after a few years. By the way, same with the Golf Channel. I, everyone yeah. calls it the Golf Channel, but they call it Golf Channel. Yeah. Yep. One of uh, those things. Interesting, uh, speaking of sports, interesting stat about the Bills-Chiefs game. We'll tell you about that coming up. Mm. Uh, also, it's uh, Bell uh, Let's Talk Day. Um, when it first oh. started, <laughs> when it first started, I said, this is great. They should call it Bell Let's Talk to Howard because he's got some issues. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, la, 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 la. We got a lot of reaction. Now, let's get right to this. We had a lot of reaction yesterday. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. To uh, our guest, Megan Edwards, you and I talked about it before the show, before we started talking about our weight loss, and we got a lot of emails about it, mostly just saying, yeah, Fred was right, she's a crazy, yeah, Fred. Um, Talking about, a bunch of guys talking about uh, how they felt good about... uh, the pushback of Megan. I, li- I went back and listened to it. I, I didn't think you were attacking her. Um, and I didn't even think that was that big a deal in the interview, to tell you the truth. No. And I did it with a bit of a heavy heart because I think you made the point yesterday. There's a lot more going on there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is. And 
you know, and, and let's, you know, let's uh, be transparent. But before the show yesterday, we had a long conversation on exactly how we were going to handle that. Because I didn't know what, I didn't know what she was going to be like. I had never met her and never mm-hmm. talked to her. And just, you know, her presentation and what was on our prep sheet, it was like I had to ask those questions. I, I thought I owed it to the brethren. Brother. Well, I, I, yeah, maybe. I didn't think we were asking her anything that big a deal. And, and, and when no. she said that to you, only you, I was sort of like, well, wait a second. Yeah. I, all this to say, whether the brethren were ordered or not, I just thought that, you know, there was some empathy needed with her. And I, and I said this to you before the show today. You know, yeah, we've all, listen, no one gave me a, a leg up. I didn't get ahead because... You know, someone was specially kind to me. I worked for it. There were lots of people that I got passed over for. Mm-hmm. My only thing about it was that somebody working in a radio station that many years, that part time is not fair. It, and, I, and I listen and she could have left. I even said that, you know, we go to a smaller market if you want to do a bigger shift. And she didn't want to do mornings. She just wanted to be treated like a full-time employee, which I believe she deserved. Sorry, I just do. Maybe that makes me soft, but I, I just feel like she got fucked over by a big radio company that didn't want to give her benefits. Yeah, sure, sure. I agree on the surface, but going back to what we said, you know, there's uh, a lot more going on, and I, there's probably more to the story. Just the way she, yeah, responded to me, I get... I sort of got the idea. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you know, we're just rehashing. Entertainment industry, we've all worked in it. You think you're being treated unfairly. You're confident in your, in your, um, in your abilities and your talent. Take your act somewhere else. And that's why at the end, too, I thought I probably shouldn't have said, are you married? I should have said, are you single or, or do you have a partner or do you have a family? I said, are you married? But what I was getting at, she obviously has the freedom of movement, too. So I'm just bewildered by it all. Like why somebody would stay there that long and feel that punished without taking yeah. her act somewhere else. That's all. I get it. But, you know, like I've worked in radio stations my whole life. And been part-time and seen people who were part-time. And it would be... And I don't want to spend too much more time on this because there's a lot of stuff right. I want to get to. I'll just say this. If you're a part-timer at a radio station, you're and I, and I knew a woman at The Mix. I can't remember her name. Very, very talented. Mm-hmm. Who was working weekend swing. And I'm sure you've had many of these conversations with radio people who came to me mm-hmm. for advice. What should right. I do? And she was very, very good. But she was not getting, she'd been there, I'd say, two or three years and, and asked me, you know, do you think I'm going to get a, a regular shift here? I said, I don't know if it's in the cards. You've got to get ahead of me. And I named all the, the people that aren't going anywhere. And I said, You're, I said you have two choices. Stay here and, and suck it up or find another job either in this market or somewhere else. But she was only working two shifts a week. And, and I gave her that advice. This woman yesterday was working six days a week for nine years, including free spots on. They were getting her to do stuff on television, weren't paying her for it. Yeah, there's listen, there's some issues with her. And I'll tell you some of the videos of hers I watched yesterday. I guarantee that, you know, 
whatever's going on in her life. It's not, you know, it's, it wasn't easy for her. Let's just put it that way. But that's a company. All I was saying is I think the company took advantage of her. That's all. I believe they did. And to some degree, she let it. Absolutely, she did. You know, after year three, as her dad said. Absolutely. Gone, I would have said, Megan. Get out. Marilyn, you got to move on. Yep. Plus, one other point I'll make, and I made it to you before the show is, we know how the industry works. You know, if you're talented and they think that you can get in front of that camera or microphone and increase revenues through higher ratings, they're all over you. And obviously, at no point did they think that about Megan. Unfortunately, and, and by the way, I agree because the, the woman that I gave this advice to was had only been in the in the station for two yeah. or three years when she was like, yeah. I got to get out of here. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. You do. So Megan should have done that two or three years in the fact that she stayed for nine years is also her fault. And I agreed with yeah. that. But uh, anyway, the pushback got a lot of reaction. Um, go ahead. No, and I thank you, Megan, for. um you know, uh, she uh, stimulated the audience. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. Um, and, I, and I brought that up yesterday. If I was her dad, I would have said somewhere after a couple of years, this isn't going to be your radio station. Uh-huh. That being you know said, I, 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 just, mm-hmm. I, I just think it's bizarre that a company that big has a person working that long that doesn't have benefits. It's not. Yeah. That's just not right. I don't care what something the else I said yesterday say. that was brought up is sometimes you have to take a step back to uh, to to move forward or take a step forward. Um, you know, I used to say that a lot when pe- people raised their eyebrows when I took that job in Peterborough. <laughs> it's like, what you're going to work in Peterborough? What doing what? And I used to say, well, some you know, I'd like to be a program director in Toronto. Sometimes you got to take a step back to to move forward and. So, you know, I did it when I was in my 50s. And uh, she seemed to think that she, number one, uh, didn't, ha- doesn't, didn't need to do that or wasn't in the cards for her, or, which is great. We all make decisions and, and live with them, I guess. You know, I was doing mornings in Vancouver when I was 21 years old, and I was getting paid just a little bit more than I was getting paid to do the all-night show because they thought, hey, I got this kid. We'll just throw him in there. Mm -hmm. And I got a job offer to go to Calgary, which was a a market down, a step down. And the reason I took that job, and I got all kinds of guys 10 years older than me, guys I looked up to at the time saying, what are you doing? You're going to ruin your career. Mm -hmm. Stay in Vancouver. How could you leave Vancouver? This is what they Mm -hmm. told me. And I said, I knew knew this. I I knew I needed to go to a smaller market to learn how to do the job. Even though I had the job, I knew I was never going to be able to make the kind of mistakes I needed to. And I was 21 or 22 when I took that job in Calgary. I took it for more money, but what I really knew is I needed to go and get my, my own way. Because yeah, I could have so. stayed in Vancouver. I'd have been a Vancouver guy for the rest of my life. And it might have worked out, but I think I, by going to a smaller market, it worked out because I got to learn how to do the job. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's... Uh, uh, I just want to acknowledge everyone that uh, that sent us notes. Thanks very much, guys. Lots of people. Mike Davis, Greg uh, Chirwadi. Um, Did you say Mike Davies? Yeah. Adam Barra, Baz, a bunch of guys on mm-hmm. Facebook. 
<laughs> I, I mean, again, I I don't want to pile on her because it's not that she I don't thought. She, no, I'm saying that some of the guys, well, yeah. she was half as good as she thought. It wasn't that she thought she was so good. They thought she was. I keep making this point. They thought she was good enough to work every day of the week and free on TV. It's different than that woman I gave the advice to was only working two days a week and they were paying her as a part timer, no benefits. And 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 that's different. But this company and we know it's the bell. It's it's bell. It's a let's talk company. They let her linger there for a long time. Somebody there should have said, you know, this isn't going to ever be a full time job for you. Maybe they did. I don't know. Well, that's it, too. And you don't know what the actual story is. That's her side of the story. And uh, but, hey, it's believable. But listen, over the years, you know, after we left uh, chorus, you know, a lot of the kids we worked with, they'd call me the odd time I'd be talking to them and they tell me about the money they were making. And I and I used to think like. Here you are, like a major broadcasting company in Canada, situated in Toronto, the largest market, the most revenues, and you you know you're sending those kids out the door at night, right? Yeah. With with less than a livable wage. Oh, no, I know. You know, their paychecks aren't enough to live in this market. They know that, but they just don't care and know they can do it because... People have such a passion for the business; they're willing to put up with it and wait, and wait, and maybe become a star one day. Uh, anyway. Absolutely, and it's one of the yeah. things is like the 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 type of people that are that this business attracts. You know, are the type of people that might stay in a job nine years thinking your big break is coming. You know, one yeah. of the people I just rather know, he says, like Howard, I'm sympathetic, having been treated badly numerous times. No one deserves to be jerked around. But at the end of the day, as Fred was trying to get across, you and you and only you have to look out for yourself. I say the same thing. All I'm saying is, if you're good enough to, to be on that station and do all those other things, that company owes you a uh, just they at least owe you getting rid of you because it's, you know, I don't know. They owe you at least a, a regular job. That's a company that took advantage of her. She might have deserved it on some level, but they took advantage of her. Boo-hoo. I know. (laughs) Well, fuck. I mean, it's happened to a lot of people we know. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if that was my kid, I would have told her after two and a half years, this isn't isn't for you. Without a doubt. But as, you know, uh, uh, great, uh, (laughs) yeah, having Megan on uh, turned out to be... uh, (laughs) <laughs> just thinking, thinking about okay. our buddy, our buddy Dan. Dan probably heard that and went, "What, what, what job was she doing? Can I, can I, can I apply for that?" Uh, speaking of Dan, the following episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped. If clean balls are important to you, and I know they are, get Manscaped for a cleaner ball every time. And now, here are two men whose nut game is on point. It's Humble and Fred. All right, lots of stuff we didn't get to the last couple days. We're going to try and get to as much of it as we can today. Before we get to any of it, uh, and by the way, I want to mention something about Ozark. There's a couple Ozark observations. But first, why don't you tell the folks about our fine friends, uh, 
Okay, our fine friends at the Chamber Plan. Sure, if that's what you like. Now, yeah, man. Uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Chamber's plan is Canada's leading group benefit plan for, you know, any company with one to say fifty employees. Oh, it's a great. You know, it's a great system. 30,000 Canadian businesses are part of this. Yes, they are. Small businesses get together. Uh, then they have the image of a, a large business. It makes, uh, you know, it makes affordability um, attainable. It really does. Chamberplan.ca is where to go. You can get a free quote today. You can read all the testimonials. Other small businesses, people have put their names to it. You can even contact those people, see what they think about it. It has worked for their small companies, whether it's, uh, you know, prescriptions or dental insurance or all sorts of therapies available, the Teladoc system. Top to bottom, it's top notch. Chamberplan.ca. If you are uh, not a part of the Canna Cabana Club, why are you even smoking weed? Come on. With your Canna Cabana Club membership, you get unbeatable member pricing, 70% off accessories, updates on new drops and restocks, and access to sweet giveaways. Membership is always free. Yeah. A largest selection of name brand accessories. Uh, 70% off, as I mentioned. Shop the unbelievable and unbeatable catalog of bongs, dab rigs, vaporizers. Including names you know, like Stores and Bickle, <laughs> Dopezilla. I'm not making that up. What did you want to say? <laughs> hey, get me some of that Stores and Bickle. Uh, Ariza, Ariser, <laughs> Raw Famous Brands Packs and more. Canna Cabana. Uh, I've been to a bunch of their stores. The one that's close to GFR is on Parliament, man. What I... Uh, what a great experience. What a great time to be alive in the world of cannabis. Cannacabana.com. Uh, listening to Smartless, I mentioned to you before the show, I was making dinner. And, and I, I listened to Smartless, but this is the first time I've listened to Smartless after having watched Ozark. Because I guess whenever Ozark was on before, I hadn't really been into the... First, a couple questions for you. Do you... Do you find? I know you've been watching some Ozark, right? Mm-hmm. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, you're done. Me too. I got done last yeah. night. I want to get your thoughts on it in a second, but first, just isn't it? I find it odd now watching Jason Bateman's character on Ozark and then listening to him because it's almost like I feel, and this is going to sound strange. I feel like we're buddies now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You sort of. It's like it would be like if I was watching you on Ozark. You know, yeah. you'd be like uh, Darlene's side action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I just yeah. found it strange. It's an inter- it's just interesting now that we sort of I feel sort of on a f- on a more intimate basis because I've listened to his broadcast. Yeah. And that you know, he's laid back on Smartless obviously, but even in Ozark it's I find myself following that character going, does this guy ever get like <laughs> Look at the situation he's in, and he's always so calm. Like, uh, he, although he snapped a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, the second last or last episode, he had a bit of a snap on him. I, I think the same thing, too. Like, man, he's so <laughs> chill about all this stuff. Like, they're sitting there. They got all this going on around them, and they're sitting there having Chinese food at the dinner. And mm-hmm. like, oh, we're having a family dinner. No, I know. You sit and have a family dinner and use chopsticks when you know at any second you could die. 
it's funny you th- said dinner because one of the observations I have about that show is nobody ever shops for food. Nobody ever makes food. Yet, yet yeah. they're always having dinner. Yeah. I mean, they clean up the dishes, which I, is part of like, you'll see a scene or two where there's sort of the two of them are doing mm-hmm. dishes. I just can't, I keep saying to Rachel, where are their bodyguards? Where are their, mm-hmm. how, they're, they're involved with a huge cartel and they got nobody around them except their kids. Well, that, that's it. Um, call me crazy, but if I'm involved with a huge Mexican drug cartel, I don't have much of an appetite. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, like, one, again, we're not going to do the spoiler alert thing, no. but there's some, there's some stuff going on with one of the kids, and her, the mother, Wendy, is like, we really want, you know, he's laundering money, but she's like, we really want you home for dinner. Really? Yeah, <laughs> like because yeah, yeah. it's because fa- that's yeah. family time. Meanwhile, people are being killed around them, but right. getting home for dinner as a family is important. You know what got me? It may have been the last episode of the second one last, and uh, Jason Bateman says to the kids, "Okay, okay, tonight dinner, family dinner. Mom's making her chicken." <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, like what? Really? What just happened? What I, I is know. about to happen? Mom's making her chicken. Well, you know, I think the scene you're talking about is the scene where Bateman's character comes and helps his son get out of a jam with money laundering, right? Which is a pretty serious thing. And then he says, so uh, are you going to be home for, for dinner? Mom would really like it. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? You just saved your kid from going to federal prison. <clears throat> Anyway, um, yeah. but I, I didn't really get. I, I thought the first two episodes, and I don't want to spoil this, but I didn't. I didn't think much of the first two episodes of this fourth season. I even said to Rachel after the second one, and we were watching. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to come back for more of this. And then I did episode three, and it started to ramp up a bit. And I'm glad I did. Uh, it's pretty good. And one thing, if you're an Ozark fan that I did not know, I wrote it down, and we talked about it off the air, is that they've split season four into two parts. Mm-hmm. So one, seven episodes, part one, and then I guess the other seven will uh, be released not very long from now. I've read an article about it that Netflix has done this before. It'll be a couple months. It won't be another yeah. year. It'll be somewhere so. in the spring, mm-hmm. if spring ever comes. You know, I... I you know, I have a theory, and I agree with you. I think these um, series that are suspenseful, I think after a while you you grow a bit sort of tedious of the the suspense. They they seem to be re- almost repetitive a bit. Yes, but they can pick you up again. Where something like Doubt Nabby is. It's not that way. It's more just a little, nice little story that continues on, like Coronation Street or something. Mm-hmm. You follow what I'm saying? I do. And I and I got that impression. You're right with with Ozark. I thought, you know, is, are we just going around the, the circle again? But they've they've done a good job because I, especially the last episode, uh, what happened was quite compelling. No, won't say what it is, and uh, I want more. So that's great. yeah. It, it was a great ending to that episode. Yeah. And, and, and you're right about me being right. The thing is, I just found... I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that actress that plays Wendy. I know she's very well Neither thought of. I. Never, I never have. I never didn't like her in uh, mm-hmm. Love Actually. I don't know that I... I just find her... I don't know anything about acting. I just find her very sort of the same all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, two more entertainment things. Yes. This was, this was recommended by my son, and I watched it. It was fantastic. It's on Netflix. 
It's called Untold uh, Breaking Point. It's about tennis. You'll like it. It's about this uh, tennis player, Marty Fish, American. He got into the Amer- uh, the top ten. Documentary uh, or? Uh, it's a documentary, yes. Okay. But it's, a, it's about anxiety in sports. Love it. And, and how it can affect you. And he actually pulled out of the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open because of an anxiety attack back in 2012 or something. It's very, very compelling. And I thought Howard will like this. It's tennis, but still, it's about sports, sports it, and man. heads and head games and anxiety and yeah. What was the other one you said? There was two <clears> of them. Well, you know, you know this uh, JFK Junior is a bit of a nutty eh, with the with the uh, not JFK Junior. Uh, or RFK Jr. RFK Jr. Yeah, R- I'm sorry. R- R- JFK yeah. Jr. is leading the he's QAnon. He, he's in charge yes. of QAnon, right? RFK Jr. He's a bit of a nut. Oh yeah, uh, anti vaxxer Yeah, yeah. I didn't know he's he's uh, he's married to uh, what? Uh, what's her head? Cheryl Hines, who is Larry's wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. So he came out on the weekend and made another comparison to, like, the Nazis and Hitler and mm-hmm. uh, mandates. Yeah. And she, yesterday, uh, came out on her social media totally disagreeing with her husband, saying she was ashamed. It was totally out of, uh, out of place, which I understand because it was. He seems like he's crazy. Yeah, he's um, super crazy. But, yeah, his wife is Cheryl Hines. <laughs> So, but you so you said you had two entertainment things. One was the recommend on on, on yeah. okay, I got it now. And this one, yeah, um, you know, from she was on Curb Your Enthusiasm, obviously. Speaking of uh, anti-Semitism, did you hear that story yesterday? That across several American cities, there were hundreds of sort of flyers or pamphlets being thrown out in front of synagogues and Jewish people's homes spewing no. a bunch of anti-Semitic Nazi rhetoric, Holocaust, anti-vax. Again, you know, it doesn't really affect me day to day, except that as a man of Hebraic uh, descent, it is a little bit disturbing that, again, in 2022, you know, uh, the other Jewish people have to walk around with all this, it's just always around. It's funny how it never gets really talked about, but mm-hmm. it's always around. And of course, it's confusing for a lot of people now because you know there's a real lot of there's a lot of anti-Israeli sentiment. And I said to Rachel, I said to Rachel, I said, you know, it's funny people confuse. You know, you can be against Israel, but for Jews, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't like everything yes. that Israel does as a country, but. The, what I'm trying to get to is there's a lot of crossover or conflation yeah. between that and this wave mm-hmm. of anti-Semitism that always pops up during yeah. times of trouble. No, you're right. It's like, you know, you hate what Putin's doing with Russia, but it doesn't mean you hate Russian people. Yeah. Same thing. And on and on and on and, and on, on and on and on. on. And where did that happen with the pamphlets? Did All you across say? several, like Miami, uh, San Diego, like several. It, it was a it was an a cross country effort. Where do people get? That? Where do people get the time for hate? Like we were talking about this protest, the anti vax people. Like I don't have the energy. Yeah, I don't well, have the energy to do it. You know, you read a lot about what's going on in the States now and, you know, the love of Trump and, uh, uh, you know, QAnon and all these people. Um, you know, they're the very base and the foundation of this is fear. 
that white people are going to become the minority. Like, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. But they think they have one last-ditch attempt to make sure that white people don't become the minority in the United States. Uh, as futile as that is, and as meaningless as that is, that's their thing. And, you know, people can pretend that the whole Trump thing isn't based on racism, but it is. Well, it's based on both both what you say. It's based on racism, yeah. but underneath that is fear. I, I've said it. Yeah. A bunch of times that a lot of what we're what you see mm-hmm. from people anti vaxxers uh-huh. and you know the 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 scared of brown people crowd is because of fear not just of losing their their place in society but they're just scared mm-hmm. generally and this is their way of dealing with it you know and the dog whistling is you know that's the, all those Trump dog whistles people oh they're not dog whistles yes they are and what yeah. you played on the show last week. Remember that bit about oh that white people are getting screwed over? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's like there you go. I mean that's that's not a dog whistle. That's a dog foghorn. No, for sure. I got to speak. That's of what white it's people. all about. He knows exactly what he's doing, and that's at the end of the day. If you're buying it into this guy, you're buying into that. You know, you can talk about the economy, and you can talk about being you know strong with China and all that other bullshit. Oh yeah, but that's but that's what you're buying into, people. That's what you're buying into. You hear that, people? Freddie says that's what you're buying into. Listen to this. Where is this thing? I had one. I'm going to give you one more chance to see this video I'd saved, and then I'm going to give up on it because that's what happens. You know, I put away some things to play for you, and then I think they're there, and then I. One more time. Okay, I can't find it. It was just a funny little thing about how put upon white people are. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs Bills game, I'm not sure if you uh, heard about that. Very popular. In fact, we were talking about it on the show Monday about what a great game it was. Great mm-hmm. quarterbacking game. Yes. And uh, turns out it was the most watched television show since last year's Supra Bowl. Yes. A total of 43 million of us watched that game. Mm-hmm. which is some big-time TV ratings. And as yes. I said, too, it's too bad that wasn't the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, every year we start talking about how much money does it cost to buy an advertisement? Mm-hmm. And now it's up to, uh, for 30-second spot, it's $6 million. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Six million dollars for a thirty-second spot. What world do you live in where that's money well spent? <laughs> well, someone's doing the math, Freddie. Oh, you know? I'm sure they are. So if that's the, the say it. if the Super Bowl gets you know a hundred million viewers, yeah, the cost per point or the cost per acquisition of a thousand viewers is built into that number. Mm-hmm. You know, part and I've been this big advocate over the years. Why don't they have the Super Bowl on a Saturday mm-hmm. night? That way people can, you know, have uh, Super Bowl parties and not have to worry about being hung over the next day. But, you know, the big key to it is a Sunday night. It's more, believe it or not, more of a captive audience. Yeah. You know, it, it just is Sunday night. What else are you going to do? Sit down, watch the game. 
where Saturday night you might choose to do something else or be in situations where ratings don't count as much because people are gathering and what all, all those reasons. Well, yeah, we talked about it last yeah. year that if, yeah. you, you know, Saturday night you're losing a percentage of the audience, maybe the younger part, yes. whatever that is to us now, younger is anyone mm-hmm. 50 or below. But yeah, if you're in your 20s and 30s on a Sunday night, you you might go to a Super Bowl party, but you're going to have a specific reason to watch that on a. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, sort of interesting. Um, I sent Dan Duran. Actually, I've got another one last sports thing. I sent Dan Duran a story about Brampton's Foot Locker. I think would be interesting. One of our listeners sent it to us, Debbie Lynch. But uh, I'm hoping he'll do the story. But if he doesn't, we can do the story. Uh, but I, I don't know where I read this, but some man just had his 11th hole in one. What? That's what I said. 11. Okay, I think it was in Europe somewhere. Some dude. 11 holes in one. And I, I think most people know I haven't haven't had any. I mean, this is the year. Every year I go, well, this is. It's like you and the Leafs winning the cup. Is will I go to my grave never having experienced a hole in one? Could be. Is his is that guy's name Vladimir Putin? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kim Jong un Yeah. Eleven holes in one, dude. I find that outrageous. Like how do you promote that? In fact, you unless you had witnesses for all of them, you know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. You can verify that. You can't make that up. What happens to a guy, Howard? Have you ever heard of that? A guy just out playing around on his own and gets a hole in one? Would you even mention it? Yes. Would you even talk about it? Absolutely, I was. You've asked me that before. Like, if I told you, if I came back to work on Monday and said, hey, I was out yesterday afternoon after I just played nine holes by myself and I made a hole in one on the third hole, would Mm -hmm. you believe me? Sure, I would, because it's you. I believe and listen, you. Though. I, of course, maybe I would believe anyone, but I'm just you know, if I went out the hack that I am, and I came back and said, "Yeah, I was out there on my own, and on the par three fourth, I had a hole in one," it would be like, "Oh, did you? Okay, that's yeah." I mean, and anybody's capable. I mean, I, I know that you know it's the luck of the draw. I mean, any hack could just hit. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I and mean, the ball's going to roll in. The but. only time I wouldn't believe. Somebody who said they got a hole in one by themselves is if I already thought they were a cheater. Listen, man, mm-hmm. Bill Hertz, our former uh, sales manager and my mentor, told a story. He was, I was playing with him and our old PD, Pat Holiday, and they were telling me about a guy that, like, clearly didn't get a hole in one, but was telling mm-hmm. people he did. And it was one of those par threes where it was like over a hill and he got up there and, and some guys from the tee saw him, like, pretend to put the pull the ball out of the, like blatantly cheating <laughs> but you know i mean that was the like if so if that guy said oh i had another hole in one you'd go okay i don't believe you but mm-hmm. i believe if you if you said i was out with by myself just dicking around and got a hole in one well i've told you that story again this kid i knew in peterborough well this guy you know but when he was a kid lived um a golf course was behind him same thing it had a par three over a hill and his kids for a lark what they used to do Guys would tee off and hit the ball, and if they thought they couldn't be seen, they'd run up and put it in the... If it was on the green, they'd run up and put it in the hole. Sure. And then, this is what he told me. He also told me another story. But, um, yeah, and then they'd stand back and watch these guys going crazy that they got a hole-in-one. I mean, that's almost a feel-good story as opposed to... 
you know, it being a bad thing. Yeah. These guys thinking they got holes in one and hadn't. He also told me they used to get dog shit and put it in the hole. <laughs> so when the guy li- when they would lift the flag, dog shit would come all flying all over. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, listen. Before we get to Dwayne Gretzky. Let's talk about these fine people. I was just uh, checking that on our Facebook page. If you're there participating today, don't forget to put your entry in for the world's most comfortable Valentine's Day contest. Let me make sure I've got the right one here. Who's gonna tell you when? Uh, if you go to our uh, our Facebook page. Just put in the phrase "love pants." That's that's all. Just put in "love pants," uh, and that gets you an opportunity. That's all you need to do. You can use it in a sentence, or just put the word "love pants" anywhere on our social. And we're going to make a draw tomorrow, and somebody's going to win a pair of Doer pants, the world's most comfortable pants, don't you know? And the grand prize in a few weeks for Valentine's Day is uh, pants and more stuff. Uh, you can enter as many times as you want. And don't forget to use the promo code when you're buying Dewar Pants. D-U-E-R dot C-A. It's Love Pants. Just use that promo code and that gets you 15% off at checkout. Listen, I, I just saw an email this morning, Freddie, from somebody who's saying that they bought the pants, they love the pants, and now you can get the pants for 15% off using the code Love Pants at Dewar dot C-A. Hey, and uh, the Gig Sky guest of the day, a couple of fellas from Dwayne Gretzky uh, standing by. Uh, Gig Sky, we tell you, I'll tell you, they have uh, this great system of uh, travel rewards now. It's the Gig Sky Travel Rewards Program. Go to the Gig Sky app or sign into your account at gigsky.com to check out what it's all about. And more. Gig Sky's latest service offering includes mobile data while flying. When traveling on selected airlines and routes, you can get mobile data. Go to gigsky.com slash aeromile to see the list of partner airlines. All Gig Sky data plans prepaid, no contracts or recurring fees. You get what you pay for. Your service never throttled. It's wildly, wildly convenient while you are traveling. Uh, download the GigSky app today. Enter code HF2021 for $5 off your first plan or visit GigSky.com for more information. Uh, sort of on our theme today of talking to an ex-Bell employee. I guess we've been Bell employees. When were we Bell? Was it? Hmm? Where, I guess we were Bell when we were doing our show. At 820. Well, not. And also at 1010. When we oh, were right. on with yes, uh, yes, yes, for those yes, years yes. there in the early podcast years, mm-hmm. when we were also on on every morning for a while there with John Moore, and occasionally in the afternoons with John Tory, and we would fill in, and that was kind of our Bell experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got this this morning before the show started. I knew you know I, I liked I had this idea for a tweet, and so yes. I tweeted out uh, about an hour ago. It, it, it's hard to describe, and I don't know if you're are you on Twitter? Can you see what I wrote? No. Okay. So I, I, my tweet is basically uh, Bell colon Let's Talk. Next line, Bell colon You're Fired. Last line, Bell colon <laughs> Still Want to Talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wowie. And, uh, and then I put hashtag Let's Talk About Firing Everybody. <laughs> and then it's interesting who liked it. A lot of ex-radio people, including the great Dean Blundell. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a bit of a problem for them right now. Oh, yeah, it is. Because that, um, 
you know, that charity, whatever you want to call it, that initiative is, you know, on the surface is fantastic. But the behavior on the other side is, is always drawing those comparisons now. Oh, yeah. The, the irony of it. It's too bad. Mm-hmm. It's too, I, I agree, by the way. It's too bad yeah. because, because it does a lot of good. It does get people talking about the stigma of mental health and whether it's mental health in everyday life and or that the the stress that athletes feel. I'm fascinated by that stuff. The fact is, it's becoming more and more acceptable to have conversations about your mental health. The tennis, the the other tennis player, this Mm -hmm. who's the woman that uh, pulled out of the Olympics or pulled out. Oh, yes. Not the tennis player, the gymnast. That one, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. So they do, the, the idea is great, but you're right. It's been hijacked by people who just chirp them now for being shitty employers. Yeah, I remember it was the year before last. I think they had all those layoffs before, just before Christmas. Yeah, hundreds. And, and we made that point. It's like they didn't sit around and go, hey, you know, we have this initiative. Let's talk. It might not be the best strategy to do this right now. We're going to do it, but maybe not right now because, you know, firing people just before Christmas. I mean, forget the fact that it'll ruin their Christmas, but it might fuck them up pretty good. And it's not really the image <laughs> that, think? that we want to portray. But that conversation wasn't had. Someone ever sat around a table saying, maybe we should fire in the spring. It's beautiful. It's warm. People are happy. They can go outside. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you and I got, well, I got fired in the summer. You got fired in the summer when we were working for uh, Standard. And it was great. You know, July, you have a couple months of hanging around. It was beautiful. Uh, we've got our uh, guests uh, standing by. We should get to them. We're running a little bit behind today. Everything has been behind. Just want to make sure I get everyone's name right. Nick Rose and Tyler Kite. Part of Dwayne Gretzky. As soon as the guys get their uh, mics on, there we go. Hey, Tyler. Hey, hey guys. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to this thing. How's it, how's it going? Thanks for having it's us. It's going good. How's it going with you? Good. How's my, how's my mic level? Sound fantastic. Uh, Nick okay, and uh, Tyler, how are you? I'm good. Your mic I'm, sounds uh, fine. Good. Wonderful. Thanks for having us. Well, you, you, you know, it's a fascinating story. And here's the reason we're having you on uh, New Year's Eve. You know, all the stuff and all the big American networks and maybe some Canadian now. I don't even know. Uh, you know, I, I found out again, you guys were going to do your New Year's Eve special. And my wife and, uh, and I thought, oh, we'll watch a little bit of Dwayne Gretzky and then we'll flip over and watch the ball drop. Right. <laughs> And then at about quarter to 12, I said to my wife, I said, do you want to switch over? She says, no, I, no, we're no. staying here. This is fantastic. And again, once again, the show is fantastic and just another indication of what you guys uh, are capable of and do. Well, thanks so much for, for watching. And what were the songs that really uh, roped you in? Do you remember? Yeah, do you well, remember? You know, I'm yeah. curious. What were some of your favorite songs from New Year's Eve? Well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't like ABBA. But I like your ABBA, actually, and uh, and the the girls. I'm you know well everything you did you did everything. I off the top of my head, I you know I can't pull out any songs in particular. You do how many songs did you do on New Year's Eve? 
<laughs> I think New Year's Eve we probably played around fifty songs. Yeah, this year. Well, see there you mm-hmm. go. We can't remember songs, Tyler. No, don't. Neither can we. Yeah. yeah, I can't even remember them. Well, here's the thing. I mean, everything from like uh, you know Michael Jackson to Peter Gabriel to well everything. You do it all. Your well, repertoire. I... Yeah. What would your repertoire be? Well, I guess we've been working on our repertoire for about twelve years now, maybe just over 12 years, it started um, sort of based in Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, Elvis Costello, The Cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as our band grew, we sort of started tackling bigger, like Peter Gabriel tunes or mm-hmm. Queen tunes or, yeah, Abba tunes, which we wouldn't have started. But um, to answer your question earlier, what were some of your favorite songs? Like, I think for us as a band, we've now performed, I think we're at like 740 songs that we've performed. Wow. and And... It's always fun playing Under Pressure by Queen and Bowie. That's always satisfying and means something. Um, but anytime we play a new song that we've never performed before, it's always like very exciting. Well, so. let's, let's back up a little bit because we kind of got right into the current. And I, I wanted to go back to Nick and, and, and Tyler when it began and sort of describe... Because I became aware of you last year, and I've watched. I watched your last year, Chris, our New Year's special. And I was, and and I noticed here on the on this year, you're still using the plexiglass dividers. And last year was, you're not using that anymore. You didn't, didn't use them this year, no. Oh, because yeah, I'm looking didn't. at New Year's Eve 2021 full show, and there's still a glass divider. Is this was this not this year's? Mm. I no. guess 2022 is our most. Oh, recent. I see. Because I'm looking at 2021. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I kind of was impressed by the number of people you've got in the band and the kind of covers you do. So, why don't you, Nick, why don't you describe how you came together and what was the whole point of it? And is this your full-time gig? And just kind of tell us a little bit about yeah. Dwayne Gretzky. Well, we so Tyler and I were playing in, a, in an original band called Sweet Thing. Uh, we'd been, we were a band from like maybe 2006 till 2010, I think, roughly. And uh, it was like a, you know, a pretty you know, high energy sort of indie rock, pop rock kind of band, which eventually after kind of, after one album, we, we kind of went our separate ways, which was fine. But near the end of that band, Tyler and I and a couple other friends, just very casually, uh, we were living in the same apartment building downtown Toronto. And we had this little sort of Ninja Turtles, you know, jam space in the basement of our apartment building where we could actually like the manhole, you could actually lift the manhole cover up from the boiler room of this basement. That was our, sort of like jam space and we would go there and just casually hang out and play covers for fun so we had no, we never had any ambition of starting a cover band uh we were just you know friends who lived in the same apartment building a couple of few of us played in various bands and we started you know playing tom petty covers and bruce springsteen covers for fun and after like you know a, a few sessions of this we were like oh this, these are fun songs to play obviously they're great classic songs and it's like we, when we've learned that we've spent some time learning all these songs we might as well book a show and just not you know it's not a real band but we might as well perform them so we booked a show at the Dakota Tavern in like 2011 11. I think 2011 and we uh, we got up and we played these songs and there were some people there and I and um I think at one point during the show, someone asked during the show, they're like, what, what's your band called? And we, it didn't even occur to us to have a name because it wasn't a real band. It was just, we were just friends playing cover songs. And as a joke, it was the first thing that came to my head from the stage. I said, we're, we're, we're Dwayne Gretzky. As like a, <laughs> as like a 
the, it was just like a bad pun. That was like the first kind of thing that popped in my head. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we saw someone had posted a clip of one of these covers on YouTube and had labeled it Dwayne Gretzky because they recalled that's what I said on stage. And then it sort of legitimized it in this way where we watched this clip and the band sounded great and we had this funny name and we we're like, all right, Dwayne Gretzky. Done. That, that's what it is. And 10 years later, it has become our full-time gig. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. But you know, Nick and, and Tyler, when, pe- when you say covers, and again, when Fred introduced me to the band last year, I, I've watched enough of it. And I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. when you say co- it's, it doesn't really, it's not fair because you guys do like almost note for note it's very very close and i have a question about that when you're so good at the song whether it's dirty work by uh, steely dan or an abatune is it more pressure to get it right because everyone knows that song so well i think that there is a culture within the band that when we show up to rehearsals people have done their job and the magic in a lot of these songs is in the details and the great thing about having this band of different specialists is everyone has a unique ability to go in and pick out some of those details. And there isn't really the pressure because it is so familiar with people. If you did a half, if your version wasn't great, mm-hmm. people in the room can fill in the blanks because they know the song so well. Really? But when you get those details and you bring them to life, it brings something else out of the experience. It allows us to tap into our memories, our nostalgia in a way where you're like, oh, you're you're remembering and feeling. So we do try and, and take it seriously and bring those details to life. But there is no like note for note um and, and, no, yeah. and, and you do so do them so well and you bring you know different things to them but ba- uh back to the name for a second uh <laughs> okay. is wayne gretzky aware has has have you has he acknowledged it has he asked for money or anything yeah not yeah so he we so we played his uh the opening of one of his uh wineries in niagara falls like maybe oh. four years ago or something so we were booked to play. Dwayne Gretzky was booked to play Wayne Gretzky's winery. And so we did meet him briefly. Uh, you know, Tyler shook his hand and said, hey, we're, we're in Dwayne Gretzky. Um, and he, he was lovely and kind and did not give us a cease and desist letter. So that's <laughs> cool. You, you that's said nice. we're Dwayne Gretzky. He's like, I'm the real Gretzky. So well, what's your point? <laughs> yeah. And, when, and uh, you know, we're, you're of that stature and the product is good. It's not like you guys are a bunch of hacks. It's something right. pretty cool to have your name sort of attached to. Yeah. I, guess, I hope so. <laughs> Let's. Uh, why don't we do this, Freddie? Let's play a little bit of Dwayne Gretzky's uh, Sledgehammer, just so people get a sense. And I apologize if the YouTube ad thing comes up. I'll have to skip it. Here's a little bit of Sledgehammer and Dwayne Gretzky. Thank you. 
really, really good, you guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this band, Fred, and of course, as businessmen, you and I often wonder how, mm-hmm. you know, how people make money doing various things. I don't know if you guys heard about that, but Fred and I are all about yeah. the money. We're all about the Benjamins. Yeah, I, I had that whenever written I, down, too. What's that? I had that question written down. Oh, you too. did? How do you, <laughs> it's yeah. funny. How do you piece everybody yeah, off? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking at a bunch of videos this morning. I'm like, there's a lot of people in this band. How do they? Who gets paid? Is that one guy sitting there clapping? Is he got a full share? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we, we, when, I guess this, you know, like to, to start the genesis of the band, we didn't have any specific aspirations. It was just we were doing this for fun. I mean, in many ways, that, that's still true. We are still, we get so much joy out of doing this. Um, but as it evolved, things, you know, developed and uh, we were always, we kind of treated it as like, this is an exciting opportunity for us. This is a make work operation mm-hmm. because it's, it's difficult in the music industry to forge your own path. And there, it, it can be hard to make money playing music, mm-hmm. but right out of the gate, you know, the people started responding to this band and, you know, we, uh, there's sort of word of mouth spread that it was like a fun time. So people started coming out and pretty early on, people started booking us for their weddings and their corporate events and stuff. And in those kinds of gigs, yeah, there is some money. And we would just really just split it up evenly with all the musicians, whether it's like... and Well, how many musicians are in the band, Nick? How many? Ten? Typically, there are ten at a, at a you know, your average Dwayne Gretzky gig. But when we do big shows, like big public shows, we often bring in additional guests or a horn section wow. or so on. So it's often 15 or so at a, wow. a big show, 14 or 15. And New Year's Eve, the two women, sweet angels, their voices, like just really... Unbelievable. You know, covers are an interesting... I, I often listen to uh, The Coffee House on um, Sirius XM, and, you know, covers are interesting because sometimes you hear covers and you think, why did they bother? Like, they just don't seem to hit it properly. Mm. Never like that with you guys. Mm. And, again, and I can't name songs off the top of my head from New Year's Eve, but, again, when the women stepped out, it was wild. It was just unbelievably uh, the quality. Yeah, they're amazing musicians. Uh, Jill, uh, at New Year's, we had uh, Jill Harris and uh, Carly Akins, both of whom are really incredible vocalists. Also, Lydia Prasad sings with us often. She's just like, has a, is, is a next level vocalist. So, and, you know, everyone in the band is so, is so talented. It really is a special group of people and really talented musicians we feel really lucky like tyler and i i think um as sort of band leaders that we've found such amazing people um to -hmm. bring these songs to life and that that i think is the crux of what makes a good cover is like it's not about note for note precision that is one element of it um but really the we're bringing these songs to life they have to we're trying to capture the life that the it was so special um, about the originals. So, is it is it the two of you, Tyler and Nick, that kind of are the band managers, and you book the gigs, and you run the business that is Dwayne Gretzky? That's my first question, and my second one is: Do you guys ever come up with a song, Tyler, that you go, "Man, we'd love to do this, but we just can't figure out a way to make it sound decent"? Why don't you take those, Ty? Um. <clears throat> Well, we do have a manager who does handles all our bookings, and um, our good friend Bobby's been with us from the very beginning. He worked that first Dakota show in 2011 and has been 
sort of at the helm ever since when it comes to being ambitious with us to think outside the box and uh, do big events to make us different than just the cover band. He's been, him and his team have been a big part of our success for sure. So that makes things easier for us. Nick and I are the band leaders. We're creatively um, at the helm with the band. But, um, and then when it comes to like songs that usually we're able to pull off the songs that we choose to do mm -hmm. every once in a while we pick a song and it was maybe the wrong song choice and rarely does that song actually get onto the stage sure. <laughs> um but for the most part no we've done a really we've gotten better at it over the years about picking the right songs for us and because we have all these different skills in the band the the name of the game for us picking songs is like feature these different skills and right. so that makes this diverse experience where there's oh wow you went from you know a pop song in the 80s to like a grunge song in the 90s and and that's what makes it fun and keeps people on their toes and uh yeah so we just try and play to our strengths as a band yeah and what about picking songs that might be perceived in their original form as cheesy and playing them in front of a like an audience at the dakota and i and i bring up abba mm -hmm. again um, like choosing those songs like boy this was sort of a corny or uh, you know a cheesy song in its day but we can do it and do it better or differently yeah I mean I don't I think one of the good things about our band is that we don't really have any um, I, I think we're open to a lot of pop what makes pop music special there's no there's no uh, music snobbery or, or little I think in the band I mean, maybe you have the benefit of, of being like, we weren't around in the seventies. We, I was mm -hmm. born in 81. So oh, were you, I didn't mean to rub it in. I didn't mean to rub it in. No, that's mm -hmm. fine. I, I mean, Why I'm don't you 40, just enjoy your extra time on the planet while the old man and I just waddle off into the sunset? No, 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 no. No, but um, I kind of, let me just interrupt. I know what Fred's getting at because some of those songs to us in the seventies were cheesy mm -hmm. and, and not really very hip. And here you are, the Dakota and, and all the places you play now, bringing those songs to life. And, and, and almost in a weird way, like hearing your, your version of an ABBA song that I didn't like, I kind of liked it again because I'm like, yes. oh, here's I'm yes. seeing these younger people and, and guys, we call you kid, your kids to us. Yeah. Um, uh, but seeing you guys do it, it was sort of like it makes sense in a weird way. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because they're good songs. Yeah, they are. Well, they're. But at the time, we when they were like, I was a disc jockey in 1977. I worked at a radio station. I played ABBA, but yeah. it was like eh, ABBA. But when I heard your version of it, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there are other things around the music that make define whether it's cool or not. Yep. And so if you're not privy to that environment, if we weren't there in the 70s, then we're taking the music on face value. Yeah, you're not prejudging it through a, a prism of your own experience. I get that. Um, yeah. our, so this is full time for all of the guys, all the people in the band or the are there is everyone doing other gigs as well? I'm sure some people are also sitting in with other groups. Non-pandemic times, it's full-time for the core 10, for sure. Wow. Um, but people do have other projects that they pursue as well, which is one of the benefits of this band, that we do have a rotating cast, so people can kind of do other things, which is really fun. But back to your point about the sort of, like, cheesy song um, mm -hmm. thing, those songs are important for the whole sort of soup because if you take yourself too seriously, it kind of just, you're hitting the same note all the time. So to right. throw something in that makes you kind of maybe laugh or go like, what? This song, I don't get it. It actually kind of helps 
helps make for a more enjoyable experience altogether. So you need some cheese on that. On that. On Absolutely. Here's what we're talking sandwich. about. Here's Dwayne Gretzky's cover of Waterloo by ABBA. You know, the next thing you know, Fred and I will be at Mamma Mia. <laughs> no, I, I get it. See, yeah. what, what is so nice about seeing it come to life is seeing people who aren't ABBA making that making it sound so good is, as you say, it's part of the magic of it, bringing that song to life. And you can enjoy it in a way you may not enjoy, even if ABBA was dropping in. Uh, and, and you guys were rolling pretty good. I mean, I've heard, you know, I missed the show in Peterborough my buddies went to. Um, but you have an active audience. I mean, that music gets people on their feet, and obviously, you've missed that over the past couple of years. Like, when, have you got anything planned for the summer, or in a position to do that, or uh, do you know of any dates, or what's We're, COVID? What's COVID most, done to you? Well, the most exciting thing that we have to look forward to is Massey Hall on October fourteenth. We're going to be playing Massey Hall. That's Unbelievable a, a full Dwayne Gretzky, like just, just, oh, yeah. just you guys. Yeah, that's so amazing. That, that gives us something. That's a carrot that's dangling in front of our face that we get to plan, um, get excited, and dream about this show and try and put together this really um, show that's going to kind of blow people away. And that's what we're always kind of trying to do. So that's exciting. But we've got lots of starting uh, at the end of March. Um, we have a tour, a '90s tour, where we're doing all '90s songs. Um, and we're going to be quite busy if these shows don't get pulled. But the pandemic has been obviously strange for so many people. And because we have our rehearsal space where we've been able to live stream, we've been able to stay somewhat active during mm-hmm. this pandemic. And both of those New Year's shows helped us reach new audiences that we've never, um, we would never otherwise be able to reach. So it's been, it's been, we've made the best of it, but we're used to playing a hundred shows a year and you know we're not doing that right now so hopefully it won't be long and we'll be able to yeah be playing all these cities and places again yeah well i mean we're all hoping that yeah exactly and again as since you're still children to us you've got your whole lives ahead of you you've got your whole future ahead of you What's that, I'm Nick? 40. Yeah, well, I call, I you know 40. what I call 40-year-olds? Kid. That's what I call them. Okay. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because listen, Tyler old, so. uh, Kite and uh, Nick Rose from Dwayne Gretzky, if, if you haven't heard of them other than maybe us talking about them fr- from time to time, go check them out on, on YouTube. Because I, I did that this morning before the show. And I, I again, I story, I was looking at the 2021 New Year's show, which was still awesome. And then going through some of your covers. It really, and again, I apologize if this comparison, if you don't like it, but you know, years ago there was this group of musicians in town doing a classic album, classic albums live, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and we used to be sort of friends with a guy named Greg Wired, who's an amazing musician, and he was part of that group, and and that's a, that's a different thing. That's when you're going to go see note for note for note. Um, but you guys do a you guys do a pretty more than decent a pretty amazing job and maybe it's not note for note but it sure puts you in the mind of of these bands that you cover and i just want to say congratulations it's amazing hey well done 
Thanks very so much. much. Thanks for having us. And uh, good luck this summer. Yeah, exactly. All the best to you. And thanks for taking some time. Next time, Tyler, we can talk about your child acting and, you know, the Mighty Ducks, if that's of interest to, to you. But uh, <laughs> for now, we'd love you to come back. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, Anytime. If, if possible. And again, I know it's not likely with 10 members, but maybe the next time you come back, would the two of you do a little bit of something for us? We could, like a two-person, three-person cover that we could get a little Dwayne Gretzky flavor? Sure, yeah, we'd absolutely. have to be in the, in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, sure. That could be super fun. Well, we'd love it, man. Sometimes we win. Maybe, who knows? If all works well and we pray to baby Jesus, maybe one day we'll have people in our studio again, too. Thanks, guys. Take care, Thanks guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. All the very Problem. best. There's uh, Nick Rose and Tyler Kite from Dwayne Grace. Listen to this cover of Joni Mitchell. It's ridiculous. Take care, guys. You know, you were saying the women in this band, the uh, females in the band. Oh, yeah. Just amazing. I thought, yeah, I'd say like New Year's Eve, the two. And I think there's more than two, as he yeah. said. The two New Year's Eve were, again, angels. When they step forward and start doing their thing, it's like, my God, these kids are talented. Well, not only do they, they are amazing, but when mm-hmm. all of them sing, because Nick and, and Tyler sing, when all of them are singing yes. together, it's pretty stunning. Well, it, it is. It, it, yeah, it really is. Because, uh, and again, I, you know, not to beat it death, but it's true. They do the songs and just take them a little somewhere different, and it's fantastic. And you can understand how in front of a live audience, it's oh, just yeah. a frenzy. It's a frenzy, Howard. It's a frenzy. Well, it's funny how you and I were both thinking, okay, they got 10 people in the group, and they do a show, and they only get this much money. How does everyone make a li- But you listen, man, if you're doing 100 shows a year. Yeah. And a, a good portion of that is that corporate money. Mm-hmm. They're probably doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, ain't, ain't nobody getting rich. But uh, if you're doing a hundred shows a year, you're you're doing a decent living. I think. You know, you're yeah, at least keeping the band going. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, uh, we're gonna it's, wait. It's almost podcast money. <laughs> Dan Duran, if you're listening, we got Dan Duran time now. I haven't checked, and I sent Dan a story. I hope he does it. Because it's Brampton. The one from Brampton? Yeah, the one from Brampton. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's the best. Um, just, I forgot, because you turned me on to the uh, Louis C.K. You, you right. told me that he had a new special. Mm-hmm. And even though it was different than the one that you had watched or listened to. Right. Yes, this bit. And it's so, it bugged me when he, when he did it, because I'm like, God damn it. There's a perfect example of something we've all done that I've noticed we do, but I just didn't you know, make a joke of it. And as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, man. And it was a simple observation. It's always that. And he made some, his bit was having to wear masks, a pain in the ass, blah, blah, blah. And he said, and, and then, of course, your mask is in the side of your, that little side air bun, that pocket in your car, and you're always mm-hmm. looking at it. It's got, like, chips and shit on it. You put it mm-hmm. on anyway. And I laughed because I'm like, that's so, I'm always looking for a mask. It's always in that side panel of my car. I can't tell if it's, you know, I think mm-hmm. most of us are walking around in masks that aren't really offering much protection anymore because they've been spit on and... You know, but as soon as he said that, I was like, "God oh, damn it!" I, that is so true. It's so true. I know I have those disposable disposable ones in my car, 
And something when I jump out of the car, sometimes I'll reach for one. And I go, "Have you used this one or not, or whatever? Or how many times?" And then you just give it the old sniff test. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that too, like I still think there's a, I still think there's a bit in, like when you smell your own breath inside of a mask. Sometimes it's like, did I wipe my ass with this thing? <laughs> you know, it's like it's just awful. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, cover bands, I don't know why I said that. Here's yeah, Dan. Great, great tie-in. Great tie-in. <laughs> I, don't great have tie-in. A, I don't have a segue for you today. Speaking yeah. of cover bands, here's a guy speaking doing his... Imp- Wait, I have it now. I just okay. got it. Speaking of cover right, bands, good. here's a guy doing his impression of an anchorman. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchorman. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dandoran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dandoran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. You know, before we get to the news, uh, Dan, you, you've sang in choir since you were a kid. Like, we're in your dad's church, and you sing in a, a church choir nowadays. Isn't really singing church songs nothing but cover tunes? <laughs> it's not like, you know what I mean? Aren't all those hymns just covers, you know? They are, like, yeah. Is our, and, and legitimate question, are there any new you know, churchy songs, I guess. Yeah. There must oh, yeah. There's all kinds of new ones out there. There's rock bands around the whole Christian... Uh, yeah, the Christian, Christian rock bands, yeah. And, you know, and there's some great musicians in that world as well. I bet it's you just there that are. It's all, you know, it's all uh, Christian yeah. music. But those songs are never sort of, uh, you know, brought into, say, the top ten, you know? Yeah. No. Uh, well, no, they'll, they'll nothing's, get, nothing's replacing Amazing Grace anytime soon. Well, this soon. is what I'm yes. saying, yeah. yeah. Right. Hymn number yeah. 663. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 87. Yeah. Turn in your hymnal. And all a lot of those hymns, they were, uh, you know, somebody wrote the song and then, you know, somebody came along and said, well, I got some better lyrics. So they throw different lyrics in, right? So I'll tell you, then, this is yeah. one of my favorite hymns. I said, yeah. You guys recognize this song? Yeah, I do. Dwayne Gretzky probably does it. They would do a great version of this. Yeah. It's uh, Doobie Brothers. Boom! 97.3. Where's the fucking hook? <laughs> After you kids are wondering why I'm playing this, here we go. And now live from Lakeside, a man who says, Jesus is more than just all right with me. He's my best friend. Here's Dan Durant. Jesus and I are buddies. Hey, by the way, Howard, have you got uh, you got any romantic music uh, we can play in the background? Uh, absolutely. I <laughs> because uh, uh, I know you like to look up songs and be appropriate with the musical sure uh, experience. Yes. Yeah, so here we go. Uh, um, just around the corner from Fred, an employee of the Brampton Footlocker apparently has a shoe fetish. This was discovered on Friday. Uh, circulating rumors, uh, now deleted Instagram account uploading several videos and photos showing a, a naked dude saying this. 
This is the romantic music? I, I, I'm sorry, I, I panicked. <laughs> I did. I just was like, I don't know. I thought this was going to be seamless, but okay, sure. What's up, Snapchat? What? Please tell your story, because the story is ridiculous. Yes. So he said this in the video. What's up, Snapchat? You're back on another episode of Naked D-Fly in the Workplace. Oh, yeah. So as you can see, we're at Foot Locker here. There's nobody else here. Only my shit, and I am fully, completely naked, 100% sexy and naked. He was in a storage room at this point. He later admits to ejaculating into a shoe and then bringing it into the retail space and, and I guess leaving it there for customers to mm. discover. Well, a couple things. First of all, who's on Snapchat? Um, <laughs> well, this I'm was like, a Snapchat onto Instagram. Oh, which I see. It may, okay. may have been originally on OnlyFans or something. Who okay. knows? Uh, so did they discover... Did, did, I don't have the story in front of me. So did we find out who this person is? Uh, I did a little bit of research. Do you really want to know? I, I can't... Uh, uh, it doesn't sound. matter. Yeah. Uh, has this person been apprehended? I uh, haven't gotten that far, but, uh, you know, of course, uh, Foot Locker is very aware of what's going on. I'm sure that, you know, because they're a foot store, so there's a foot fetish, you know, world. Oh, I've built there. into I'm it, sure, sure that they've run up against this before. So. Listen, I mean, who, they, listen, if, you're, if you don't like a pretty foot, I don't know what's, you know, I mean, there's, I don't have a fetish, but I like a pretty foot. I'm not going around jerking off into Adidas at the Foot Locker, mm-hmm. but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a foot fetish, and then there's that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this story is. A 27-year-old guy working in a foot locker gets naked, jerks off into a shoe, and shares it on social media. Yeah. Like, like it's just... Uh it's crazy, you know. It's almost like the, it's almost like one of like a prank or something. Like, yeah, I think so. But the, <laughs> wait, yeah, no. But I mean, like, uh, this is just twisted. This is like beyond a prank to be naked in the social media. Like, I know. Hey, My yeah, favorite part of this is if you look at the story, Dan. Uh, there's a spokesperson for Foot Locker who has mm. to address this. You imagine when they came to work. Uh, listen, Lori, we're going to need you to. Have a look at this situation. What happened? Yeah. Well, somebody uh, put a video of them jerking off to our, into our shoes. Oh, okay. I'll get right on that. And here's what they say. We're aware of the incident and are taking the appropriate steps to address the situation. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. What else? Forget about the uh, committee to operating the high, with the highest ethical standards and this type of behavior is not tolerated. And when I, when I say too. prank, it's almost like, you know, a couple of guys work there. The guy says, hey, watch this. I'm going to jerk off in this shoe and then I'm going to put it back on the shelf and somebody's going to step in it. Let's see what happens. You know, uh, yeah, that I that I can see <laughs> up to a point. Here's what I, but here's where I don't think it's a prank, because a prank is I'm going to dribble some whiz in the shoe, or I'm going to, you know, okay. w- wipe some duty in it. But for me to say, hey, I got a great idea. I'm just going to okay. nip downstairs and jerk off into a shoe. Yeah. It'll be great. And you're just like, so, <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm just off to jerk off, and then I'll be okay. right back. So let's be clear then. Poop and pee are okay, but schmorp not. Is this what you're saying? No, not that they're, none of it's okay, 
But I just don't see two guys conspiring while one guy goes off and yeah. jerks off yeah. into some. That's the part. None of it's okay. All these young kids nowadays, Howard, they'll it's do it. Lone Ranger thing is what you're saying. Yeah. So that uh, look at that woman's going to put it. Oh, look at that! She stepped in it. Oh, Jesus Christ! Maybe that's the maybe consequences that's, of action on this. What, what I mean, somebody like this, I mean, obviously is somewhat deranged to begin with. But you'd think that it, it's such a career limiting. <laughs> move i mean forever this is going to be on his file right like you just do a little search on the internet Mm -hmm. and and it's going to be there you're you're not going to get hired after that by pretty much anybody that's um why did you get fired from your last job well it's a great story (laughs) freddie and i were working the late shift and he said hey howard why don't you jerk off into some shoes and then we'll watch somebody put them on (laughs) i thought he was kidding but no he was serious You know, and on that list, things I have jerked off into, shoe doesn't, <laughs> isn't usually one, you know? Well, because obviously you'd think mm. of the socks. Yeah. You know? Pillows. Yeah. No, but I'm saying out of Foot Locker, mm. what are the things you could, you know, the, 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 the insoles, the socks, something warm. <laughs> what a cold shoe. Anyway, Dan. Uh, what, what, I guess uh, if you examine it, what is actually going through his mind? What's getting him there, so to speak? Shoes, apparently. Yeah. yeah. The, the and, shoe, you know, the fresh smell of. Just, I, I would like to end this with one question. Like, you know, Brampton's in the news all the time. Can, why? Why never a good story? <laughs> it's just never. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, this is a fun story, but it's still not a good no. story. Is it a fun story? Is it for who exactly? <laughs> like, well, we're having fun. Well, with that's it. Uh, well, you have fun because we have fun. You know, um, if it was a murder or you know, or a big car accident, we wouldn't be I, making fun of it. I know we wouldn't, and of course, we want to wrap it up because our friend, the retirement Sherpa, right, is standing by, <laughs> and he doesn't need this kind of lead in. This is not what he's no. this is not what he's looking for. <laughs> we can get back to it when he's done. Dan Duran, join us after the Sherpa and we'll have uh, we'll break this down some more. Maybe you can do Dan, maybe you can do some more research on yeah. why people do it. Mm-hmm. What what other things do they use in the foot store? And uh, follow up with us after we get serious with okay, the I'll get my research Sherpa. team on it. Will you do okay. that? I appreciate All right. it. I know one Thank thing. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. I know one okay. thing. When uh, when Tim worked at the uh, Foot Locker, this kind of thing didn't happen. <laughs> no, he's shaking. He's like, nope. No, that's it did right, not. I forgot he worked there. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's why I was trying to give it a subtle, hey, let's wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> Tim Niblett is a friend of ours. He's a friend of yours. He's a friend of one and all. He's a retirement Sherpa. Tim.Niblett or RaymondJames.ca. He's a buddy of ours. Hi there, friend. Good morning, all. Another lovely lead-in for my buddy Dan Duran uh, there. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's funny. Um, Maybe I, I've got to just double-check his content before, uh, you know, Wednesdays at least, anyhow. No, absolutely. <laughs> we'll edit this whole thing out. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, Howard's, uh, I, when did we talk? I guess it was just last week we talked to you. Fred was telling me that some of the weather in Florida hasn't exactly been Florida weather, but where you are, has it been Okay. It's been January, right? You know, the the first couple of weeks, last few weeks of December were beautiful. We had lots of even 80 degree days uh, at times, certainly in the 70s a lot. And uh, yeah, it, it's just kind of been rainy and 50 and, uh, you know, we have eight o'clock tea times and it was 38 degrees on Tuesday. So there weren't a lot of people out uh, playing that day. Nice. 
You know, I sent you that note yesterday about the iguana story, like uh, iguanas uh, freezing and falling out of the trees, but you haven't seen that yet. No, no, thankfully no iguana falling uh, around here, Fred, but I'm sure it's (laughs) I'm sure it's happened. Uh, <laughs> snow isn't too far away up north from us. I think North Carolina might have some or be having some or whatever. But, you know, again, it's January. You know, it's like the big snowstorm you guys had last week. It's January. Stuff happens. No, exactly. Yeah. I was saying to Freddie this morning, though, that we're both looking forward to getting out of here in a week. And, and it's not. Yeah, I'm obviously looking forward to doing some golfing. But mostly it's just I kind of I and mean, it's maybe it's an old guy thing. I just can't. I'm tired of being cold. It's boring. But also I'm just the limit being limited to go outside. Like one of the things I, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to just being able to go for a walk and not be frozen. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, uh, as you guys know, I've my first 30 years, I always uh, say we're split between Ottawa, Saskatoon and Edmonton. So I had a lifetime worth of winter uh, by then with lots of Ontario thrown in after. But yeah, it's just nice to move. Like we're going to St. Pete's Beach for a couple of days uh, today, Lauren and I, and it won't be warm. It won't be suntan and weather, but you know, just to be able to walk along the beach hopefully a little bit and get some fresh air will be a good thing no, it absolutely. always gets better in february too there so absolutely it starts to ramp up in feb okay that's the weather report well we appreciate that's it let's talk great. a little bit about you know uh as a sherpa client oftentimes mm-hmm. i'm privy to some of the things that the uh the sherpa and his team send out and uh, it's a weekly email. And um, one of the, some of the talking points that we're going to talk about today is the idea of averages. You know, people are like, oh, what if the market's down? And, you know, and one of the things you say here is you can't average 6 to 8% annually by being up all the time because then your averages would be up. Right, math man? <laughs> yes, I'm very good at math. And you can't be... Uh Double-digit returns every year and average 6 to 8%. So, right. you know, when we do projections for people, when we do planning for people, uh, that's what we aim for. 3 to 4% above inflation is kind of a realistic expectation over time. And these last couple of years, although both 2020 and 2021 had uh, uh, some pretty sharp backwards uh, movements, March of 2020, I think it was September 21, um, you know, it, it just happens. It's happened forever. Um, especially when people first kind of become clients, uh, they're, they're not quite aware or whatever. It feels like we need to experience things personally first, understandably. But yeah, it's, you know, my old joke, right? Howard Salt went down precipitously in 1,332, the price of salt. So it's been happening forever. And I guess that's a, that's a key part of your job is making people or letting people or walking them through that, letting them understand. Because... Again, you can see that somebody that starts up a portfolio and the timing just hits that maybe it goes back before it goes up. And, uh, yeah, it can be a little unsettling. But then all the graphs are there. The history proves that uh, you're going to be all right in the end. Right. So a lot of times from uh, the media, from uh, friends, uh, you know, we, we just kind of get information, but we don't really get perspective. So... Uh, you know, we've said before, the, the market's kind of a combination of logic and emotion at all times. And right now, emotions winning out over logic. I mean, sometimes emotion can be our friend, too. Uh, not not this time around. But, yeah, our, our uh, private client group uh, just created something for us this week that I'm sending out to the clients with a touch of commentary on top. And uh, they believe that, you know, the business cycle model, we're just in the early mid phase of the business cycle. So uh, that means there's 
there's still a couple of years of recovery ahead of us, albeit with some choppiness along the way. Mm-hmm. And as Brett says, and I, I was going to make the same point that part of having an advisor, especially one like you, is that you're there to Sherpa, get it? Sherpa us through the ups and downs and the, and the built-in volatility of markets, as you say, it's, it twas ever thus, as Shakespeare said, and part of it is just not freaking out in the short term and making rash decisions. And I think to finish this long, whatever observation slash question, if you don't have someone like Tim on your side, you are liable maybe to make decisions based on emotion versus having someone kind of talk you through the process. Yeah, that's one of the times we add the most value, right? I mean, uh, we much prefer the time when you're telling people how much their portfolio has gone up. And uh, within all of our clients' portfolios, they've had uh, some sizable uh, amounts of it that have gone up because we, we use a little different philosophy. But, yeah, you know, this can be good too, right? If you're putting money in, obviously we're RSP season. Uh, some of the world's best companies are on sale, so you can definitely take advantage of uh, of that by, by putting fresh uh, money into a, a TFSA and RSP, and then underneath the scenes, what what people don't really you know think of is you got a lot of good money managers working for you, so they're really doing a lot of buying and selling based on the inequities going on right now for emotions. So uh, if you got a sharp uh, person or persons mm-hmm. on your side, this can actually turn into a into a good thing uh, over time. Right on. Yeah, and that's part of the. I love what you just said too about trusting the fact that the the companies are being in, in a portfolio. Your your money is being managed by people who, for the most part, are there because they know what they're doing. Yeah, you know. And Howard, questions are never too long when they contain uh, Shakespeare. Just so thank you. Know. you. Um, by the way, did you hear that story this morning, Tim? Eleven holes in one with this guy. Some guy in the UK had his eleventh hole in one. I don't like him uh, right off the bat, that's bullshit. for sure. Uh, no, actually, one of my uh, wife's pals down here has got a hole-in-one on every par three on uh, on the course. Uh, a lady golfer, a great golfer, super uh, woman, and yeah, she's birdied every year. Sorry, hole-in-one on every par three here. That's ridiculous. I can't remember. Have you had one at least? No, no, see yeah, five. Neither. Um, a good buddy of mine, his uh, wife took it up a couple of years ago, got a hole in one within the first year, and then was disappointed because she didn't have one anytime soon after, <laughs> uh, after that. Well, when I joined Glen Karen in 2013, I had never, up to, up to 2013, I've been playing golf since 1971, had never seen a hole in one. And I bring my older brother, uh, David, who loves the game. And uh, we played the third hole on Scotch Block that nine, and he makes a hole in one. And I was more excited than he was because I had never seen it. I was like, this is amazing. Here's where I'm at. If I put it on the green, that's a hole in one to me on a par three. That's all I want to do. Just get it on well, that, you know, you're, that you've often round by, part thing. No, that's good enough. You often play by your own rules. <laughs> uh, the retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet or RaymondJames.ca. He's a, he's a guy. He's our guy, and, and he should be your guy for a second opinion or even just a, a first chat. Give Tim a shout. Uh, you'll be well uh, happy that you did. I don't even know if that's a sentence. You'll be well happy. <laughs> they will enjoy and profit. That's what will happen uh, there. Thank you, my friend. Stay well. Thanks, Tim. As always, and uh, happy trails in advance, you guys. Well deserved. Well, we appreciate okay, it. Well, we'll talk to you next Wednesday before we leave this uh, tundra for a month. Absolutely. All right, pal. Take care. Thanks, guys.
Yeah, I was going to ask him about uh, There's, You know, more and more, I know we've had this conversation about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and NFTs. And I don't know, like I, I've seen a lot of institutions, banks and big companies promoting selling and buying and selling uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I'm like, I don't know. I was going to talk to him on, on the side one day. Do I need to know about this? Is this going to affect me? Is this going to affect my retirement somehow? Well, that's why you have... That's why you have them. Do you think you have... Uh, I wonder if I have any cryptocurrency inside more, my portfolio. Do you, do you know if you do? No, I don't. At this point, I don't think so. But again, it's just a phone call away. It's a strategy call. You phone. You, you know, and... Oh, do you? I mean, often I'll, I'll phone the person that I deal with and uh, ask those questions. Should we? Shouldn't we? What's the deal? What do you think? Just as a concept, though, are you... I just had this thought the other day that I might be getting to the age where I don't really need to keep up on and with everything anymore. I mean, for this job we do, we seem to have... It's nice for that. We keep sort of current with certain things, but mm. when it comes to wor- this other thing people are doing now, Dan, are you doing Wordle? I'm not doing. Yes, I am. I'm not going to do it. Why not? I don't, it's, it? it's, it's, every, it's all the rage right now. Every every day on social media, people are are posting their wordles. It's a it's a, it's a it's a little word game that the whole world is playing. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Maybe you could explain it, Dan. Basically, you have six chances to guess a five-letter word. And uh, there's three, there's gray, if you put put a letter in, like a a word like, uh, I don't know, words. So uh, the the word, the letters in the the, uh, puzzle turn gray if they're not in the the solution. There's yellow if it's not in the right spot, and green if it is the right letter in the right spot. In the right spot, pretty In the right spot. So it's pretty simple, and then the uh, letters of the alphabet are all grayed out or whatever color when you're typing it in. So it's basically a matter of deduction and also using your brain. Only once a day will a word be available for you to do this. It's the same word for everyone. Yeah. And that's it. So you can't obsess over it. You can just start your day, which I do, and uh, I send it off to Lisa, and she sends hers to me, and we just, uh, you know, enjoy One of our buddies, Ian Service, seems to be, he posts his Wordle score every day. But I don't know, when he says, like, you know, three of six, like, what is that? How do you, if you, so what are you saying, that I got three letters of the six? No, you you got the uh, puzzle in three guesses. Out of six oh, guesses. Oh, I see. That's right. what you're saying. You're saying, hey, I got this in three guesses. Oh. Right. Well, th- this is brilliant. It, it sounds to me like the best thing to come out of social media in years. I mean, that's actually creative. It Maybe not as uh, fun as shit-talking someone over politics, but what the hell? At least you learn something. Yeah, it keeps your brain active. Mm. It doesn't keep you there for a long time. There's no yes. ads. Nobody's I like little. I like it. little word games. I've tried it. A couple, <laughs> I've tried it a couple times, and part of the problem for me is I can't really distinguish the yellow and green because oh. I'm colorblind. Oh. Yeah. So I'm like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I was getting it right or wrong. So. When you say that, Howard, yellow and green, do they look the same or does Similar. yellow have they, 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 is, Well, especially... Are your yellow and green different is what I'm saying. I don't have the distinction sometimes depending... I mean, I can tell mm. like bright yellow and bright green, I can mm-hmm. see that. But in this Wordle world, mm-hmm. I don't find the distinction as 
And, I, and then I realized there's a thing you can turn on and off. There's a, there's a view that you can change, Dan. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, no. And, anyway, everyone's playing it. But just like cryptocurrency and NFTs, I'm like, I don't, don't know if I have to care. I don't know <laughs> if I have to care, Dan. No, you don't. It's just one of those. Say, I love it because it just keeps your. It gets your brain going just a little tiny bit. You know, kind of the same way a crossword or yeah, Scrabble or which I love crosswords. Yeah, is this only shared on social media? Can you play it without being on like? Yeah, uh, I just go on. Go on. No, it's, it's on. It's on a website. It's on a website it's called Wordle. You don't. Have to, yeah. you don't, you don't have I to, get it. I you, get it. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, everyone on social media is posting their Wordle scores. Famous oh, people, not yeah. famous people, oh, uh, right. but everyone is. A lot of people are playing this this thing uh, that has become part of the culture right now, and it'll, it'll pass. But I love I love crossword puzzles. I uh, always used to enjoy, I enjoy Sudoku's for a while, mm-hmm. but I might just be opting out of the Wordle world. I don't know. Well, you, know what, you know what keeps I, my mind? To me, I that seem above. Uh, it just seems like something to me that you would. Uh, Actually, gravitate to you know a little keeps, challenge like that. You know what keeps my mind going? Thinking of why that guy jerked off into his shoe. <laughs> oh, that's what I. That's what I'll think about the rest of the day. How many jokes can I write about the guy jerking off into shoes at Foot Locker? Mm-hmm. I did some research, by the way. Oh well, we would okay, love a follow-up, Dan. So uh, there's a biologist named Forrest Valke. He says it's all because of the brain. The foot fetish is the most common fetish in the world. And that's because the uh, somatosensory cortex, the area that makes you feel things, is right next to the part of the brain that controls your feet and toes, right next to it. So really? apparently when, it, when wires get crossed in the brain, these parts of the brain are literally bumping up against each other, and that's why foot fetishes become that thing. And shoes are tied into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, and I think we've discussed it on the show, to me there's nothing... There's, I shouldn't say nothing, but an anklet, a woman with a little ankle bracelet to me, it's just just that whole look. I don't, it does something for me. Is so is that an ankle? Well, thing? yeah, yeah. Well, it's part of the foot, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty foot. You know what I'm saying? I do. Uh, there's been a few uh, people that listen to the show that have heard me say that I I enjoy a pretty foot, and somebody recently <laughs> sent me uh, mm. a picture. He said, hey, here's some pretty feet for you. I'm like, thanks. Thanks for that. But yeah, like it's a all collage. Of it. <laughs> collage of feet? What's that now? Like a collage of feet? A couple of nice feet. You know? Wow. I like a nice foot. Yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not going to Foot Locker and, you know, squeezing one out into some sandals. Yet. <laughs> That's right. Cut to, cut to, I get arrested at... Fucking, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the locker room or whatever. Uh, well, if you do, if you do, do it in Oakville so they can get the attention. Okay. No, I'm going to go right to Brampton. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to do it, but if I do it, I'm going to Brampton. Yeah. I'm All the do- places that had to happen. Uh, this program is brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. We had a great conversation yesterday with the VP of Canada uh, and uh, learned all kinds of stuff. It's a gig economy. Lots of people are setting some, some stuff up on the side. GoDaddy is where people go to get a domain, create a website, and everything you need to get your business online. There's no better time than now. With GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, 
are also here. <laughs> so, sorry, I had to turn off my mic to sneeze. <laughs> sorry about that. That's great. Uh, yeah. Did you see me sneeze? Could you? Yeah, I was wondering you're having a convulsion of some sort. <laughs> oh, I thought you burped. No, no, I would have. Mm. I would have done that with the mic on. You know, because it's cool. Because Stern does it. Uh, with I, GoDaddy's I had free- my phone ready on. <laughs> I think he's having a seizure. Yeah. <sighs> With Go, let me start again. With GoDaddy, okay. you can find your domain easily, create your website, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 so, uh, phone support, they're also there to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free. With GoDaddy, no credit cards required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Hey, when it comes to keeping track of our health, many of us are using wearable devices or special apps to monitor our well-being. But not all of them are created the same. HealthGage, a monitoring system that hopes to make overburdened healthcare systems more efficient and cost-effective. HealthGage. Go to HealthGage.com, HumbleFredHG. That is the code for a 15% uh, discount to checkout, okay? HealthGage is composed of three main things. Uh, devices, software, and cloud computing, okay? Blood pressure, oxygen saturation, heart rate, pulse wave velocity, activity levels, calories burned. It's all there. It's a great tool for your well-being. HealthGage.com, and don't forget, 15% off at checkout, HumbleFred HG. Dan, uh, I read. I was reading about Wordle the other day because I was curious about it. And uh, there's all these videos now that teach you or give you Wordle hacks. So I don't, right. maybe maybe you you haven't heard this, or maybe you have. But I I saw this video that says the the best word to start with, and this is from a linguist, a professor of linguistics. Hmm. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I want to know this, but okay, the, go the, ahead. He's a professor of linguicity. Yeah. Uh, Something with lots of vowels, right? You know, you know what the word is? The, the best word to start? Irate. I-R-A-T-E. Really? It has three I vowels. You say aerial. I nope. you say aerial. It has, it has three vowels, and uh, apparently, because of the just the way it's structured that it's a great word to start with as a guess right because you can eliminate if you can eliminate the vowels then it's a little bit easier to solve the puzzle in the long run but you know i i I just i feel it's almost like cheating a strategy i don't want to start every morning with well irate well no but i mean it's it's not so here's fred all you have to do is google wordle and you know there it is it gives you the but the, the problem is so i'm going to put in irate the problem is I can't see. So all so here's how bad that word was. All of them were wrong, and the A is right. So right, yeah. So I already, I already know this. So so the A is in the right spot. So now right. I have to, and then what it does on the keyboard is it eliminates all the letters that you didn't that you just right. used that are gray, right? So now you so you know for sure that those letters what that the there's an A in the middle still, of that word somewhere. Okay. In that no, in that space because it's if in it's that green, space. It's there, so your next in. guest has to have an A in that space. Right. And one of the strategies could be if you get stuck to just get rid of some letters and type in a word that doesn't have any of them in so you you get a better field. Oh, I see. So I could write in uh, like any any just randomly yeah, just to get like if you get 
a little bit stuck because you can't think of like you have three letters like I did this morning. I had three letters in the right spot and then I'm just testing other letters trying to figure out what's going on. And, you know, it may be better just to type a word that has the letters, you know, just a whole bunch of letters, even though that, you know, there's a green letter there. Forget about it and just eliminate letters because then you can mathematically make it a little bit easier for yourself. I mean, there's well, mathematics involved because you have to. You, you, you're, it's a process of elimination, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how to do this. Anyway. No, no, same here. It's given the example. Guess yeah. the word in six tries examples, and then I, you know, del- and I get away from that. And it just it's just a bunch of squares and, and a keyboard. So you start from like nothing. You don't get clues or anything. No. Just type a five letter word. I, I just typed it, and it didn't. Did it just says not in word list. Well, then that means it's you typed a bad word. It's like it's not an actual word, right? So oh, I, I just see. guess of, of all the words in the world, I just guess one and then... And that's how you it? start, yeah. Or use irate, because that's a good starting point, apparently. Oh, oh, to, I, irate is a language. good starting point. And I'll tell you what, I'm just going to keep putting irate in here until it says you can, <laughs> no, you can no longer no yeah. longer guess. And then you can share your, uh, your results, right? And if you go back before the, t- the next day starts, it'll uh, display the same word that you've, you've already Okay, so I've got three letters it. now. I've got uh, blank, blank, AC, blank now is working. Okay. Right. Are you worried about spoiler alerts on this show? Don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, I, again, I can't tell this distinction between the green and the whatever the other color is. So what did you, what's, okay, what in colors? Of, I don't know. You know what is this? This might be the least compelling thing we've ever done yeah, on this show. I'm, all right. That's not I your know, fault. I know the word. Fault. What is the word? You want me to tell you the word right I now? do. Whack. Who? <laughs> what's the word? Whack. 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 Oh, imagine. Whack off. Like the story yeah, today. Yeah. I thought you'd love, I thought you'd love it. Mm. Oh, it is whack. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember how that term evolved? Like when we were kids, it was whack off, and then it became jerk off. What is it nowadays? What do the kids say? Oh no! Nowadays? When I was a kid, it was beat off. Oh, beat off too. Beat off. Yes. Beat off, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think at Scarborough it was whack off, beat off, jerk off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do? We yeah. should do our own wordle, and all it is is is, is different words for jerking off. How many letters does the word have to have? I put five. four. Five. Oh, five. Okay. It has to be a five-letter word. There's five spaces. Whack off, right, jerk oh, off, I get it. Okay. Well, I... You got, it in, you got it in one? No, it's fine. Anyway, uh, play with yourself. I don't need that. Um, let's, just do all, let's just do other phrases that mean to jerk off. I wonder uh, how the... Right. But you're right. What's the origin of that? What's the origin of whacked? I don't yeah, that's right. That's what it is. <laughs> the, sound, the sound. The sound. That's the word. <laughs> that's the origin. Beat off, whack off. It's a great feature for the show. Every day, you can come up with a new origin of. We talked about uh, this show that Fred recommended on Netflix called Untold. It's a documentary. And, and I forgot at the time when you were talking about that, I said, oh, I want to remind everyone to watch The Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to tell you, friends. Because it just reminded me of an episode where one of the kids is jerking off into his underwear and then leaving his underwear all around the house. <laughs> it's fucking, it's so bizarre, but it's really, really funny when one of the characters opens up his pen drawer and there is his 12-year-old son's underpants. <laughs> anyway, 
it's just another reason you should watch this show. Mm-hmm. How many episodes are there of that? Uh, first season, I think there was eight, and then the second season has just begun, and they they just put out episode four. It's every Sunday night at ten on HBO or Crave. I think I got up to five when it first came out. Dan, I was I was it, fascinated by it, it is, because it, of the the whole well, uh, the religious evangelical. Part. You know, everyone's got their own jet. It, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that thing I talked about—it's untold. Breaking point. Breaking point because there's a few untolds. Nice. This one in particular. Untold breaking, breaking point. point. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So that word game, yeah, that's fun. That kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I don't know that I'll go back. Time, you know. By the way, it's not an app for the phone. I mean, it's there's not, sim- eh? Why wouldn't they do that? Uh, the guy's not trying to monetize it. He invented it. It's just become wildly stupid? successful. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> he says he's stupid. Yeah. He should be trying to make money. Is there any way that we can get money to the guys in Dwayne Gretzky Wait from Wordle? Wait a minute. Let me get this straight. The whole world's talking about it, and he's not trying to monetize it? Not yet, he ain't. I will yeah. ask that question again. Is he stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Right, Maybe well, he's just not about the money. Oh, yes. Maybe he doesn't uh, yes. want the hassle. He's not about the money. He's like you. Things that come up here. <laughs> he's like you, Dan. Yeah. He's like, well, I'd rather I just play with these. for free. I do you know what he's doing pleasure. after he puts a new puzzle out every day? He makes a snow fort. I <laughs> 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 uh, ex- exercise regime. Exactly. You know. I know. Let's go. Just pile just, some just, snow up. You know, and whack, 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 whack. Yeah, that's right. That's my exercise regime. Well, that's tomorrow. We'll have we'll have more terms for whacking off. Yeah. The origin of the word jerk. Why don't you uh, do some more of your Dan Duran research and come back tomorrow with that? All right. This episode of Hubble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Health Gauge, Canna Cabana, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Manscaped. Making balls cleaner and more streamlined for that extra special new ball sheen. I'm Dan Duran, and I just said balls two times, but now three times. Nice work.